was taking a quick look at my vision insurance to see if they covered anything with LASIK, but that's too complex to get into right now. So, and that's how you start an episode of a bourbon podcast <laughs> right there. That's the how to right there. <laughs> Fucking vision insurance and LASIK. That's how we do shit on it. While I'm yawning. Show. all right everybody welcome back to another episode of another bourbon show um tonight we're going to be drinking another another bottle provided by ryan uh tonight we're going to drink something that not only have i not ever drank before i've never even heard of it before um we're going to be drinking five trail uh ryan can you tell us about five trail now you guys can look it up Ah, all right. Uh, <laughs> so, Five Trail blended American whiskey. This is a whiskey made by a company you guys might have heard called the Coors Whiskey Company. Mm. So, this is I have never heard of the Coors Whiskey. Company. So, so for um, for uh, the audience at home who doesn't know Coors, uh, Norm, I know of Coors beer. Uh, Coors, so Coors, uh, the Coors family started Coors Beer and Coors Light and uh, Batch 19, which was one of Stephen's favorite beers back in the day. Remember Batch 19 at Bowl and Bear? But this is their venture into whiskey. So uh, they okay. have ventured out of just beer and kind of sprinkling around uh, little floaters of, uh, of new whiskey. So this is actually a partnership with Bardstown um, Bourbon Distillery. Am I going okay. crazy? I forget the name of it. Um, so it's proofed with Rocky Mountain water. It's it's pretty much made just in, in Kentucky. Blended and bottled by Coors Whiskey in Bardstown. Um, distilled from grain and malt. But yeah, it's uh, the Coors family's, uh, one of their like four or five offerings, the Colorado single malt whiskey blended with straight bourbons. So... That okay. is that. Um, they, uh, What's the proof on it? I think, by the way, this is like a seven or eight month old whiskey uh, since it, it was released. Uh, 95 proof. So 47.5% by volume. Rocky Mountain Water, two row barley malt. Um, it's got a cool Coors label on the back. But yeah, there's the label if you haven't seen it. I have not. So 95 proof uh pretty readily available uh oh yeah i mean in illinois at least i know it's been more limited release and um they're probably in like half the country at this point i don't know if they're in missouri okay i haven't seen it i'll say that i haven't seen it either so that's one of the reasons i was asking if it was fairly widely available i also have not looked um how much that bottle run so this is right around you find it for in between like fifty or sixty dollars. Okay. Yep. They uh-huh. have a, a couple other offerings as well. Um, so they have this is their flagship blend. They have a barrel proof. They have a cask finish, uh, and a uh, small batch. So four different offerings. And like I said, this is less than a year old in the market. I know it's pretty allocated in other states and allocated. I've I don't mean it to mean like Blanton's or, or Pappy. They just don't have a lot of juice. So yeah. it's very limited quantity. And Illinois was one of the states that got a good amount of it. 
Okay. Uh, does the Coors Whiskey Company distill any of it on their own? I don't care one way or another. I'm just curious. That I don't know um, if they've released that information. I can't say for sure or not. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, Stephen, let's let's hear about it. Well, I think that it looks um, almost like a cool like pamphlet or something like that you would see, or almost like a cool drink menu, even because of that like cutout in the corners. Um, you would get at like maybe a higher end restaurant or a restaurant that wants to be higher end. It just it looks nice. It's like a stenciled kind of drawing. Um, I almost wish that it wasn't stenciled and that they just would have done like a color illustration there because I think it would look even better personally. Uh, whereas it just looks, you know, it it looks very elegant, simple, and nice. But I'm inclined to only give it. And this is not a bad score, but I'm going to kind of give it a seven where I feel like this could have been even higher uh, because I do feel like the overall presentation is really nice. The bottle shape is, while not the most like super interesting thing in the world, it's uh, it's unusual because of how short that neck is. Um, so I do think it kind of stands out and it looks unique on the shelf too. So it looks, I think it looks super pleasant, super distinct, refined, and uh you know, it, it looks classy is all I'm trying to say. I won't, I won't belabor anymore. It looks classy, but it doesn't, it doesn't leave a lasting impression to me. So that's why you I'm know, I, I feel like one of the reasons they might not have done a colored background is it would look eerily similar to a high West background. Um, it could, yeah. And maybe that's it. And the bottle is which weirdly near high West now, now looks more like this though. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I think a colored background would be cool, you know, or at least maybe not fully colored, but, you know, a little pixelated where you can see. Or some of the watercolors um, or something. I, I feel like I've seen this like kind of stenciled look a lot. Otherwise, I really like the colors that they've got going on and like some of that gold a little bit they've incorporated. I think it looks nice. Yeah. So that bottle really reminds me. At first, I was thinking Russell's Reserve and it's not far from Russell's Reserve. What I'm thinking, I'm wondering, does is it the um, Davis County? I feel like that one has a little bit longer of a neck, though. Not much, but a little bit. I mean, we're talking the difference of a, you know, a couple inches, maybe. And Dan, to refer back to a question, uh, the Course family does blend the uh, the whiskeys. Yeah, but I was. So do they, not- they don't distill anything from the sounds of it no okay and that's okay right like i i don't could not give a shit less right like johnny walker probably one of arguably one of the best scotches in the world they don't they don't distill a goddamn thing they just blend yeah um the davis county they for the longest time lux row did not distill anything now they do, but so I don't care whether they do. I was just curious. That was all. Yeah. But that that bottle definitely reminds me of something. I just can't think of what it is. So, but I like it. It's cool. So you went with the seven, Stephen? Yeah, I'm going with the seven. It's a good score. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I like the nose. You like it? 
I feel like we drank a lot recently that smells like this. Not that it's not pleasant, but it has that kind of like a light fruit mixed with like sourdough. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, I get plenty of sweetness, plenty of oak nose to it as well. But what, like, but those are the normal ones, right? Like, they'll, the more interesting was like a cherry or a fruit uh, nose to it. I'll go a step further and say the it's almost like the fruit that a fruit atop like a creme brulee. And I even get a little bit of that smell too. Like that kind of okay. like caramelized sugar, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you, especially on the caramelized sugar thing. Like uh, it's got a, like you smell alcohol, but it's really a, a pleasant sweet alcohol as opposed to a punch you in the face like ryan says it like it doesn't you smell alcohol but it's it's just a really pleasant nose i saw a few people online said it reminded them of oatmeal cookies Hmm. maybe like the iced oatmeal cookies you guys remember those yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's so much sweetness to it. I can it. see that, yeah. yeah. The reason I said creme brulee is because I also get a little bit of like the raspberry and stuff that's typically on top. Yeah. But again, just really light. Yeah, a little mintiness to it too. I'm just going to reiterate that it's got a really great nose. And it's got a very uh, golden Colorado appearance to it too. Do you Colorado- think that's by accident? Colorado Kool Aid. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Oysters. <laughs> Columbine. <laughs> well, cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers. To Columbine. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> oh, I like that a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Yeah. It's very, very sweet. It is. Like, extremely, um, like, wow, sweet, decadent. And acidic, but it, too. It is acidic. But very, very sweet all around. Mm-hmm. And killer legs, like what you would expect yes. for so much acidity. I do think that oatmeal cookie kind of carries over. Like, I get a lot of, I see a lot of oats, the palate. a lot of vanilla, a little spice on the back end too. It's pretty well balanced. So I get like a allspice on the finish, <laughs> along with sweetness and oak and all. Yeah, blah blah blah. But like the inter again, the interesting flavor that I get that's less common is like an allspice specifically um but like a honey caramel sweetness on the palate and the finish really long finish you know what this compares favor favorably to on the palate yes oh i wasn't gonna say that that's interesting you said that i was gonna say old ezra seven yeah, I can see that too. 
Yeah. Yeah, I've only had it once before, so it's uh I'm relatively new to it as well. There's so but much I do think oh, or there's just the right amount of spice to it, I think. You know, because there's so much sweetness to it, but there's just the right amount in there that gives it a lot of character and keeps it from being uh I think I could have another glass of this and not have the worry about like getting the upset stomach thing or whatever. Same being too sweet. Yeah. Same. It's it's a well-rounded whiskey. And um I said that I think that it compares favorably with E.H. Taylor because it's very easy to sip. It's easy to enjoy. It's got a whole lot of sweetness to it. You which is how I describe E.H. Taylor. Yeah. You compare a lot of stuff to E.H. Taylor. You know, I feel like that's like a good benchmark for you. And like, I know it's one you really like, but it also seems like one you're hell bent on taking down (laughs) because (laughs) you're always putting it up in blinds with people. And you're like, look, this is just as good or it's better in a blind, you know? So I do, I like E.H. Taylor a lot. And um, E.H. Taylor is really easy to enjoy, right? Um but I think that people hold it to a higher standard than it deserves. Um, I think that there is, I don't think that there is anything exceptional about E.H. Taylor, except for how easy it is to drink. That's the, that's the single characteristic about E.H. Taylor that I think is really a truly exceptional. Um, I think it's an eight all day long, but it's not all that interesting. It's not complex. It doesn't have a whole lot of depth and character to it. Um, so it is something that I, that I enjoy. I really enjoy, but I also try to like, let people know, Hey, if you like E.H. Taylor, which a lot of people do it's easy to find replacements for. So don't spend $80 on a bottle of E.H. Taylor small batch because that's a $42 bottle. You know, one thing I was thinking about this past week is how much of the, at least in the local area, how much of the hype for specifically like each Taylor small batch, Weller special reserve, and to an extent Blanton's, how much of that is driven just by Buffalo Trace having them on a rotation and not allowing people to get them every day. Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, on a local standpoint, I feel like that is what makes them so popular. Like you have a huge long line every day because people are like, oh, there might be Blanton's. But if it was just on the shelf or whatever, along with in some quantity every day, you could count on that. Mm -hmm. Give away the exact same amount. People wouldn't care. Yeah. It just seems like there's marketing baked in. This is to your point, I guess. There's so much obvious marketing, it seems like, baked into those products that I do think it's worth comparing them in a blind when you're talking about lining up at 7 a.m. to get one of those bottles. And and that's the reason I like to do it in a blind so often is to try to people, to try to let, be it Blanton's or Eagle Rare or 
any of the Buffalo Trace lines. I think that Buffalo Trace makes a fantastic product. Nothing I'm saying should be taken as me saying anything negative about it. But it's very simple. It's very easy to enjoy. Very easy to enjoy. There's very little complexity to most items within the Buffalo Trace line making it easy to enjoy. With the boom of bourbon, God, fucking seven years in at this point, and still people just now starting to drink whiskey, joining the boom, it makes sense that everybody seeks Buffalo Trace products because it's a great, the whole line is a great starter bourbon. It's a great starter whiskey, the whole line. It's good once you've been drinking whiskey for a long time, too. But it's especially good because it's easy to drink. It's approachable. It's just hard to find because so many people new to bourbon drink it because it's so easy to drink, right? So it's like wild turkey. In my opinion, the whole line is better than the Buffalo Trace line. But it's also harder to enjoy. It's got more complexity to it. It's not as easy to just drink. You've got to, like, if you choose to, you've got to think about what you're drinking and the flavors you're picking up. There are Old Ezra 7, same way, right? Like, these other distilleries make a product that is more complex more challenging to wrap your taste buds around. And that's the reason Buffalo Trace is so wildly popular, in my opinion. But they do make a fantastic product. Again, not taking anything away from them. It's a fantastic product line. Goddamn right it is, dude. Hey, dude, you sell wine. What the fuck do you know? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. You guys want to rate this? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I'm not going first, though. I'll go first if you want. If you want to. I have a number in my mind. I'm just... All right, I'm, I got a number in my mind. 8.1. Okay. I think I'm, it's coming in really solid for me. I think this is a, a great bottle. I'm a little worried it's going to get lost in the shuffle for me personally because just because where I'm at and where they're at, it sounds like it's not going to be super easy for me to get. If this was something that was constantly on the shelf, constantly available, I feel like we say that a lot, but if it was constantly on the shelf, constantly available, this could be like a staple in my bar because I love old Ezra 7. Every once in a while, it gets harder to find for one reason or another. And uh, that in itself is kind of a replacement for Antique 107 being never available. Um, Good ball in its own right, but I mean, I love Antique 107. And this, again, compares Fable with that, but I feel like it's just not as um, heavy on the baking spice as I would like. But I do agree that it's more balanced overall, which a lot of times is what I'm in the mood for, too. So I think there's a place for both. Um, really pleasant nose, 
really pleasant palette. I like the presentation of the bottle. Um, I think the price point is pretty good. Um, I think it's right on the cusp though of being more than I would want to pay. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is like a 45 to $50 ish experience, I would say. So given that in that range, uh, if this is what you're looking for, I, I give it a strong eight and really anything in the eights is an easy recommend for me. So yeah. this, this just skirt, skirts in under that line for me. I was when you said a one, so just skirts above that line, I should say. Yeah, I was right there with you, Steve. I was I was thinking eight two as soon as I started drinking it. You know, it's funny. It's a harmony of Colorado single malt whiskeys, and we compared it to nothing but bourbons, right? Yeah. Like, is there any shades of it that remind you of an American single malt? I mean, makes you think. You know, it doesn't taste a lot like Stranahan's or anything like that. It's definitely more bourbon heavy right so whatever the oh, yeah. blend was you know obviously a bourbon heavy blend but i really like the the baking spices after like that oatmeal almost like sugar cookie type vibe to it it's real sweet elegant decadent real full of flavor um nothing really punches you in the face but the finish is long and it's just a, a pleasant a pleasant flavor um when i saw it was you know a blend i don't drink a lot of blended whiskey so i'm like you know half the time tastes a lot like scotch to me which i don't you know always like i think uh the ones you've given me lately dan the american single malts at least have changed my mind on that but yeah they uh they're doing a good job over there uh seems like not only are they really good at making um three dollar beers at the bar but they're good at sourcing and, and blending whiskey so yeah i'm gonna go an 8.2 i don't um anticipate it being that hard to find probably in like two or three years so hopefully it's a staple of your bar at some point steven i think inventory will still be low on it for the foreseeable future though so a2 a2 i'm in an a2 also um whenever i said i got a number in mind the number in mind was an a2 um, for everything that you guys just said, I think it's well-rounded. I think it's one thing that we didn't mention earlier is that you get a lot of the rye spice, the rye complexity from it. Um, at least I do like, um, it's got some pepperiness to it. It's got some, some heat to it that is noticeable. One of the neat things to me is that I get a honey sweetness and a caramel sweetness. Like it's just, it's a weird, like, yes, I get honey. Yes, I get caramel and I get oak. And then with the spiciness, it's just a really, really good pour. I'm totally fine with paying 60 bucks for this. I think that $60 is perfectly appropriate. Um, the fact that it's blended, I couldn't give a shit less about. There was a time in my life when I did. Um, there was a time when I used to like only drink single malt scotches. Like when I, whenever I was, was drinking scotch, it would only be a single malt. I would never drink a blended scotch. And my saying was, if it's so goddamn good, why do you have to blend it? And then I realized that that's, that's really dumb. That's really immature, right? Like you, you take this and you mix it with this and it gets better. 
right? And that's kind of what this is. They did a really good job of blending this together. Like that was an art form that put this together. And I'm totally fine with 60 bucks. Good on your cores because this is a fantastic product. Um, I will be finding it. It will be on my shelf. And, and I get grape. Like I taste grape from this. I don't know at some point, like in this second glass, I was like, I get like a grape flavor to it. And I don't get that very often. So there you have it. So I'm at an eight two. I think it's a, I think it's a buy. Buy when you see it. Another bourbon show. Another bourbon show.